Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. One of the three most important aspects of Lent is prayer. But so many people wonder, how do I start? Am I doing this right? What can I do to go deeper? And do I actually need to pray every day? On today's podcast, we talk about four steps for prayer. Along the way, we'll give you wisdom from the saints, thoughts on acronyms, and practical tips from our own prayer lives. Plus, we have a saint quote to live by that's perfect for the start of Lent. You won't want to miss it, so stay right here. Lisa, we've got to pray just to make it to this day. Oh, please. That's why we pray. That was really your opener. That's really my opener. MC Hammer, how could I go wrong with MC, o- with MC Hammer starting off this episode? I just uh, wasn't expecting it. <sighs> well, did you want Madonna? Just like a prayer? <laughs> Is that what you're going for? So many options, really. Really? You wouldn't expect so many pop stars I, have songs yeah. about prayer. We could just turn on K-Love and... That's a whole other category. Endless, endless opportunities. Well, we started Lent, and a key component of Lent is prayer. One of the three key components of Lent, That's right. in fact. And a lot of people, when they start Lent, they're like, I am going to pray, gosh darn it. I'm going to do this. We should explain prayer, fasting, almsgiving. Those are the three key should components. Should we? No, no, no. Now you can go. I just felt like... Oh, you felt I like... I made an announcement and <clears throat> didn't I cut you through. off? No, I just didn't finish. Okay, good. I so yeah, so prayer, I'm going to pray, gosh darn it, is where I picked up on. And we want to help you. We want to help you, dear listener... Whether you don't pray at all, whether you pray every day and you like levitate, I'm sure you could get better at prayer and hopefully somehow this, this episode will help you do just that. Yes. We have gotten several requests for a podcast on prayer and we thought what better time than at the beginning of Lent when many people have made a commitment to pray more, but oftentimes we go, but what does that even mean? That's right. What does that look like? And I want to start off this episode by going back in time. Time travel. Yeah, that's right. I want to go back to a time in which um, you're re- you're really good prayer now. Prayer. That's right. All right. But at a certain point in time, you might not have been as convicted about praying. And I want you to kind of explain a little bit where you were at in that s- scenario, kind of how you felt about prayer and what changed. Well, I wouldn't say that I, I didn't pray. It was that I didn't quite understand what prayer meant. So in my mind, I thought, oh, I went to mass today. So I prayed today. Yeah. Or, oh, I did a rosary on my run. So I prayed today, which Mm. is true. Yes. But what we're talking about isn't, it is more of a specific type of prayer, I Mm. would say. Yes. It's more conversation with God. Good. Right. And that's what I wasn't as convicted of. Yep. So I thought, oh, but I did pray. Like we mm-hmm. prayed to Divine Mercy Chaplet, at, you know, at three o'clock or something, you know, and then I thought like I had prayed because I had spent time mm-hmm. in prayer. But what we're talking about is more this meditative conversation with God prayer. That's right. And so that's what I wasn't really convicted of. And I remember my spiritual director, I remember, you know, and I'm sure she's like, oh, I've seen this one before. I had just started spiritual direction and Kevin 
was in Focus. Yep. And and like I'd even been involved in Focus as a student, but I, I still didn't quite understand this concept of it. I don't know how that didn't get to me. I guess we've developed our ways in Focus over the years. <laughs> but Kevin was praying a holy hour every day. That was a part of his schedule. And I, we had our daughter, Mary Claire, at the time. So it wasn't part of like, part of my job wasn't to spend an hour in adoration every day like Kevin. And I thought, oh, well, we were going to mass every day. So I was like, well, I'm praying. Like, I don't need to also go to adoration. I spent time with the Eucharist. Like, kind of just didn't see that mm-hmm. connection. And so my spiritual director asked me like, okay, so tell me about your prayer life. And I told her, well, yeah, I go to mass every day. <laughs> and she was like, okay, that's good. <laughs> but she's like, but what I need to challenge you on is this, this conversation with God time, this time of talking to God and allowing God to talk to you. And so that was really when I started to have to pick up on, um, this prayer time. And actually she would tell me and this, this, you know, I don't know if every spiritual director would say this, but she would tell me, you know, actually it's more important, um, not that we shouldn't be going to daily mass, but she said, I, I really want to make sure that you're having a conversation with God every day. Um, if you can get to mass every day, that's great, but it's more important that you're having a conversation with God every day. Like that really needs to be the foundation of your spiritual life. Not that you shouldn't also be going to mass if you can go to mass, but she said, but you're not yeah. called to a monastic lifestyle. You're a wife and a mother. And at the time I was working as a hall director. So that's not necessarily your call to go to mass every day. It's, it's, but because you're not called to monastic life. So but you are called to have a conversation with God every day. So that was really when I had to start to shift kind of the way I thought about prayer. And I think it is a bit of a shift just in understanding our relationship with God, because if we think about, say, like a married relationship, say you and me, then we think, boy, what would happen to our marriage if we didn't talk? Like we didn't have conversation every day. Like maybe we would do things together, right? Like we're on the house, we're hanging out with the kids, all these different things, but we didn't have conversation, over time, that relationship just wouldn't be as strong as we had those specific conversations. We had those moments together where we just were ourselves and shared ourselves with one another. That just make, yeah, it'd make a huge difference in our marriage. And I think the same is true with God. He wants a relationship with us. And just like a relationship with other people, if we don't talk to him, that relationship, it's still going to be there. It's still going to have those activities or whatever it might be, but it's not going to be as rich or as have the fullness or depth to it as it could if we had that conversational prayer and that time in meditation. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I don't know, that was kind of a, a shift for me in terms of thinking about my relationship with God. It wasn't just necessarily going and sitting and receiving or reciting prayers. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. In fact, Mary asks us to pray the rosary every day, all beautiful things. Um, But I think, yeah, what was really pulled out to me was the need for that conversation with God first and foremost. And that would then might give me the grace to say, yes, and now I want to pray a rosary or yes, I want to, I want to get to mass at least three times a week, daily mass on top of Sunday mass or whatever it is that's puts me in a position of being receptive to the grace to then come to him in other ways of prayer. Yeah. And again, going back to the marriage analogy, and when we have that great relationship, when we have that great conversation, I think it fuels all the other activities that we do, right? Mm-hmm. So when we're hanging out with the kids, when we're doing chores, when we're helping each other, that deep relationship just gives just gives fire to all those other, other things. And we have this relationship with God 
Then we would go to mass or we go to the rosary or we're helping other people or serving the poor, whatever it might be. It really provides that fuel to do all those other things. All right. So we are going to be talking today about four steps to prayer, this kind of prayer that is focused on a relationship, on a conversation with God, God speaking to us, our speaking to God. And so let's start off with step number one. Kevin, why don't you kick us off here with pick a way to pray? Good. So we've mentioned lots of different types of prayer. We're talking about the specific type of prayer of meditative and conversation with God. And even within this type of prayer, there's lots of different options. So there's Lexia, which is reading scripture and then kind of finding a phrase or word that sticks out to you. And there's a number of different uh, techniques, even within that rap and R um, and, and different things like that. And I think it's important to realize in all these different ways and formats and techniques, there's no one way to pray. Like there's not like, oh, I'm doing prayer correct or incorrect. Prayer is ultimately the gift and the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives to help us have that conversation with God. The reason why we have techniques or methods or anything like that is just people have found these methods and techniques to be helpful to them. And so they've then shared those with us. But I think it's important to keep in mind, hey, it's just a technique. It's just a format. God can speak and work with you. and The Holy Spirit can move in lots of different ways. Yeah, and some of those techniques you mentioned are ancient ones, like Lexio, which we get from St. Ignatius. Lexio is uh, kind of an ancient monastic. Monastic? Yeah, okay. I guess I, I don't know why I do Ignatian and Ignatian spirituality. Do they use Lexio a lot, or am I making that up? He would use imaginative prayer. Oh, uh, kind of okay. But yeah, I, I, I equate those two. Yeah, they can be similar. Yeah, so yep. Lexio is, yeah, imagining yourself in the story, in a sense, and meditating on that. Um, and then some of them, you know, like the R prayer, like not super ancient. That's a, yeah, <laughs> those that stands for something. A R R R. Usually if it's an acronym, it's modern. It's modern. Yeah. No right. monks were like, let's create an acronym for our prayer life. The rap W R A P <laughs> prayer. I think that was St. Benedict actually. Uh, <laughs> I just like think of sixth century monks making up acronyms. Nope. They never did. They did that. Nope. What's another really popular one? Um, not the rap prayer, but, um, uh, axe. Axe. Yes. I don't think that's meditative though. It's like you acknowledge God. That's a contrition. You say you're sorry. That's kind of mm-hmm. a conversation. T is Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and then S is supplication. You're like asking for God. That's, for that's true. That's a conversation. It's not necessarily like meditating upon something, but it is conversational. Yeah. So these ways of prayer, um, I think you know, there's like Theresian, like you could follow like the way that Saint Therese would pray. Mm-hmm. You could follow the way Saint Ignatius would pray, like we talked about more imaginative prayer. You could follow you get, the yeah. monks. I mean, so there's, yeah, so there's ancient and and new. That's just what I wanted to point out in case people were like, "What is he talking about?" The R prayer. <laughs> Lots of flavors, and we'll we'll put some of these in our show notes too. Some of these might be familiar to you. Some of them, it's like, "What in the heck are you guys talking about?" There's so many different types of prayer. We couldn't go th- through them all in one show. But we are going to give you one type of prayer and just kind of walk you through that. And it's one that comes from St. Teresa of Avila. So she has four steps. And these four steps, um, in some way, shape, or form, are in a lot of the different prayer techniques that we've talked about. Um, So, But they don't form an acronym. They don't form (laughs) an acronym. Uh, St. Teresa of Avila wasn't into acronyms. So the first step in her way of prayer is preparation. So this is just getting ready to pray. Um, you're recognizing God's presence. You're realizing you're in the presence of the Lord. You're just calming down your mind. Um, you're trying to get through a lot of maybe worries that you have, distractions that are on your mind. And sometimes this can be very quick 
and dive in. Other times it might take a while to really calm your mind down. But obviously we live in a very hectic, crazy culture. So this is honestly one of the best steps of prayer that we can have is just learning to calm our minds down. And a lot of times when people begin to pray, this is the hardest step because their minds aren't used to it. And so just know if you are starting in prayer or if this is a struggle of yours, if you are consistent in prayer, usually this gets better. It never goes away, and it depends on the day or the problem or the worry that might come up, but it does get better over time, I think, as a whole. Cool. So the second, that's preparation. The second step is consideration. And this is pretty simple. You just read the material, whatever you decide to read, whether it be scripture or different spiritual reading from maybe St. Teresa of Avila or the Catechism, whatever it might be, and then you just reflect on it. You think about it. You're in the presence of God, so you're using your own mind to think about it, but you're also calling on our Lord. You're calling on the Holy Spirit to say, Lord, what is it within this that you want me to see, that you want me to think about, that you want me to connect to my life right now? And it's okay, to, again, to use your own mind, and also it's great to call on the Holy Spirit to reveal something to you, um, even as you're thinking about it as well. Third step is conversation. So that's really um, after we've meditated, we've reflected that consideration piece that we just looked like. The conversation is just that, talking to God like a friend. Lord, how does this apply to me right now? Lord, I'm struggling in this way. Lord, I need your help when I'm in this situation, whatever that might be as you're reflecting and conversing with our Lord. And then finally, our last step is conclusion. So after we've had this time in prayer, we've recognize God's presence, we've reflected, we've had this conversation. What are we going to do with all of it? God doesn't want us to just have this time of prayer and have it disconnected from our life. What he wants us to do is put those two things together, and that's what we can do in this conclusion and this resolution. All right, I'm going to forgive that person. Okay, I am going to go to confession. Lord, you're right, I need to talk um, to to my spouse. Whatever it might be, um, that's really, uh, yeah, how you close out prayer like an action point yeah Mm -hmm. to give it a business term what are our action items for our prayer time today (laughs) the choleric in me um (laughs) so those are steps that you could follow when you pray um but but they're a little bit like training wheels i think any technique is like training wheels i think there's always an openness to change the format or technique the way how how you have found fruitful in your experience with god or just within that moment if the holy spirit's calling you to to do something differently, I think it can change. So one question I had for you, Lisa, is just how do you pray? I mean, I think you know all these acronyms and techniques and formats, but when you sit down and you're like, all right, I'm going to pray, what, what, what do you do? I mean, this method right here from St. Teresa of Avila is exactly what my spiritual director has taught me and has mm. coach, coached me, directed me in. So this is exactly what I do. I I spend just a couple minutes and quiet trying to kind of clear my mind and put the to-do list aside and um literally like I'll I'll write down like to-dos <laughs> before like in the first few minutes just so I'm not thinking about them or worrying about them mm-hmm. and then I have uh something that I'm reading a lot of times I use in conversation with God um which does a ton of uh, from Saint Jose Maria Escriva um a lot of stuff from him is in there cuz it's Spanish like whoever originally wrote it. Um, Francis Ferdinand? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, Not the musical artist. I think there's a... Anyways. Is there? (laughs) Wow. So in Conversation with God, you can get a whole box set. It's like $100 or seven books, but they give you three reflections for every Sunday um, because of the cycle A, B, and C. And then 
So nine reflections for Sundays and then three reflections for every single day based upon the liturgical year. So it actually tells you or gives you a reflection based upon the readings. And then there's also two supplemental books that are just on feast day. So you can pull out the feast day. So it's pretty amazing, this this series, the, how this man created these reflections for every day. Um, so I do those um, most of the year. Um, I have lately been using Blessed is She's books for Lent and Advent, which has been great for my um, prayer time as well. Um, and then now that I'm in grad school, I find myself using um, my readings for grad school sometimes as my, my material for meditation. I'm like, well, I need to read like Matthew 1 through 5 this week. So I just do a chapter and meditate on that. Since I'm already going to be reading it, might as well read it in the chapel, read it during my prayer time. So that's what I do. And then, um, yeah, having the conversation. I found too sometimes when I'm meditating on something, and this is what Sister Susan has taught me too, is she's like, if you hit something that speaks to you, just stop right there. Like, because I'm a choleric, I want to finish. So I'm like, I have to finish this whole meditation. And what she's taught me is, you know, if something speaks to you and God's revealing himself in some way through that, then just sit with that. And if you spend your whole time and you don't finish the reflection, so what? Like, it doesn't matter. So sometimes the conversation will start earlier Sometimes I'll read the whole thing and I'll stare at the wall and be like, I don't know what else I'm supposed to think right now, but you just wait and you just sit and you just allow God the opportunity to talk. And, um, and then sometimes, you know, I'll end up being the one who talks the whole time. Um, not that God speaks to me clearly, but you know, you just try to be open to the Holy spirit and that. And then I do the whole resolution thing and I, um, I'm supposed to write it down. I don't always do that. I'm not the best at that. Sometimes I just don't have my journal, but I do have like a decade worth of rec- resolutions saved in a couple different journals. Um, and you can see there's gaps where I don't always do a good job of writing it down. And then there's times where I do an awesome job and I'm always writing it down that resolution for the day. And I try to pray in the morning so I can call that resolution back throughout the day. That's how I pray. Nice. What do you do? Yeah, I'm... I mean, I already know the answer, but I want the podcast to hear. Do you know the answer? Somewhat. I'm kind of all over the place, I think, with my prayer, to be honest. Like, I switch formats quite a bit. I can... um, Yeah, if I feel particularly struck by a certain... Kind of go through phases, and then I'll start with different material or different modes. So, beginning of the year, I prayed with the parable... Or the story of the rich young man for, like... Ever. Three weeks. And that I don't comprehend. Like every day, that's just all, because I just kept getting fruit from it. And so I just like kept collecting fruit, you know? Um, I think I follow a lot of the things um, that were mentioned from St. Teresa of Avila. I think one thing in my prayer life, maybe in the last six to 12 months is that first step has been really important to me. So I just, I'm lucky to have uh, a chapel at my office. And so I'll just get in there. And the first thing I do is I just stare at the tabernacle for like two minutes. I'm like, Jesus... I believe you're actually in the tabernacle. Like, I believe you're actually there. And that just, that moment changes my whole prayer experience. Because if I believe that Jesus is there, and I believe that there is a God, and I believe that he can work in my life, then prayer makes sense. But if I kind of like just go through the motions and am not convicted of that, it gets a lot harder. So it's really great for me to just recognize his presence. Um, and that's been, that's been really fruitful for me this last year. Um, 
Yeah. So then, and then it's just reading on something. So beginning of the year is Rich Young Man. Uh, lately, it's been Interior Freedom by Jacques Philippe. I've been reading slowly through that and just applying it to my life. It's incredible spiritual wisdom um, from the Frenchman, uh, who we've mentioned on the podcast quite a bit. But um, yeah, and so she's reading through that slowly. Um, I'm pretty bad at the resolution and conclusion. I'm not really good at journaling. I go through spurts where I'll journal, but really nothing consistent and nothing very good. Yeah, and journaling is different than writing down your resolution. So your resolution if you're like being like, um, if you're following this method should just be one sentence. Yep. It's not like free form journal time, which for some people that conversation period is free form journal because that's how they converse is through writing. But that's not what I do. I'd say the last one, and we didn't mention this in the four steps is just that supplication piece. I love to pray for people in my life. I love to pray for my family, um, God, children, uh, anybody who I'm reaching out to, um, different family members, if we have donors who have asked us for prayers to put to pray for them. I think that's another pretty big hallmark of my prayer life, which I just really enjoy being able to do that. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah, I usually do that in like my preparation time. That mm. is part of like what I need to put on the shelf so I can have a conversation is like, okay, first I need to make sure, Lord, like that I'm bringing these people to you and then I'm going to leave them with you and I, I'm not going to stress out about them right now during our prayer time. So our prayer time. All right, I think it's time for our saint quote to live by. And our saint quote to live by this week comes from St. Teresa of Avila, who we've been talking about her method of prayer. But But it's on a different topic. It's on a different topic, yes. She says, okay, this is kind of confusing if you don't really think about it. Our body has this defect that the more it is provided care and comforts, the more needs and desires it finds. Mm, I'll say that again. Deep truth. Our body has this defect that the more it is provided care and comforts, the more needs and desires it finds. And I just love that because it shows the human condition never changes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think we live in a world where it's so easy to get comfort. And it's not that we shouldn't use a bed at night, you know, but the more we have, the more we want. And I think that that's just been universal truth since the beginning of time. This idea, like if we're just constantly chasing after the next thing, we will never be satisfied. And even St. Teresa of Avila could understand this 500 years ago because it's part of the human condition. Yeah. I talked a little bit about this in our last episode on how to Exodus 90 and just how it's really reversed a lot of things for me instead of seeking out comfort or the things I want, really being okay without those things. Um, and it's made me a lot stronger to go without. So there's a lot of intense fasting with excess 90, but it gets you out of this mode of, I need to be comforted at every moment. Like I can buy something and it shows up two days later. I can, if I'm hungry, I eat something that I want. Uh, not only do I eat something I want, I eat a dessert, like all these different comforts that we constantly give ourselves, our bodies and our minds just want more. But -hmm. I think the opposite is true. When we start denying ourselves of that, which is a key component of Lent, then all of a sudden we become stronger to say no to other things in our life that we need to say no to. So it's a huge, I think that's why fasting is so huge. Awesome. Well, we have three more steps when it comes to prayer. But But these will be faster. Yeah, they're really (laughs) straightforward. So our second step is to uh, create a plan for your prayer life. So again, if you're thinking through, how am I going to get better at prayer this Lent? 
you want to think through just some, or maybe you've heard this concept of conversational and meditative prayer, like, all right, I want to do that. All right, let's create a plan. So what would this plan consist of? It would consist of a time. It's usually good to have a um, consistent time that you pray each day because that helps form your habits. Uh, we could go back to my favorite podcast that we've done, How to Have It, uh, for this type of thing. But the time really does help cue you to have that habit each and every day. You might want to think through length. Sometimes when it comes to length, it's like, all right, I'm going to pray for an hour every day. Well, how much have you been praying? If not at all, maybe you just want to work at five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day. Maybe if you pray 10 minutes a day right now, you expand that to 20. But a lot of times if we go for the home run, we end up uh, striking out. So what's kind of an appropriate length for you at the place and time you're at? And how do you gradually maybe work that up? You might want to also think through location. Where are you going to pray? If you pray... Um, in your dorm room when your roommate's always there might, might be really difficult. Or if you pray at a certain time where all your family members are running around the house, that might be difficult. So you want to think through what's a time where things are quiet and when I could, uh, could pray. Aware more yeah. so. Like where you might want to get quiet. creative with that as well. Like, all right, honey, after dinner, like you're doing dishes and you got the kids. I'm downstairs. That's what happens. Like whatever it might be. It doesn't, I think the morning's a, a good time to pray but sometimes it's not realistic for people. So just trying to find that slot. Finally, just what material, what, what do you want to read with? Is there a particular scripture you want to read through the gospels? Is there uh, a, you know, some type of reading from uh, a saint or a spiritual master, whatever it might be. Yeah. Just finding, finding those. And uh, we can give some suggestions in the show notes as well. I think it's very important to have materials too because oftentimes we come to prayer and we're like, oh, I'm just going to pray. And we sit there for three minutes and we pray really hard and we list everything that we need and then we're like, now what do we do? Or if you're me, you just get distracted and you're like, think about all these things and I'm like, okay, it's time to read something because clearly on my own, like I'm not going to carry this prayer time. I need to read something and dive into God's word or some mm-hmm. type of insight to get me going because yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to fuel myself with distractions. Good. Well, that's, that's step two, create a plan. All right. Step three is to have accountability. And I think this is really important because like any goal that we set, accountability drastically increases our ability to follow through with that goal. So you want to ask yourself, is there somebody who can keep me accountable to my prayer time? And if you're married, a husband and wife, that's an easy accountability right there. Checking with each other, making sure, are you praying? If you're not, how can I help you find time and space to pray? Because that's important. But so, so for instance, can I go back to an earlier example? Sure. I think when you were like, all right, I need to have this prayer time. My spiritual director is pushing me. I had a whole hour of time that I was praying each day. And for you, you're like, well, you get that hour with your team. Like, when am I supposed to pray? Mm-hmm. And so then I would pray for a half hour. And then each day I would grab Mary Claire. We'd go to mass and I'd pray for a half hour. And then I'd grab Mary Claire and go to the cafeteria. And you'd have that half hour in prayer. And so like, I'd go to the cafeteria, eat with my daughter, hang out with students. And then you'd show up and all was right again. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, so I would pray while they ate breakfast in the cafeteria because we were in a dorm. Yep. It was awesome. Yeah, so then this um, last Advent, I did kind of a fun um, accountability prayer thing with a friend of mine. We were both reading, you're uh, using the Blessed History Journal, and we each had a copy. And so what we would do is after we had prayed, we would text each other 
just any kind of a fun emoji, whatever it was. Usually I tried to pick one that had something to do with the reading that day. I don't know if she ever picked up on that, uh, but I thought I was clever. And so it was fine because I'd be like, oh, no, Mary hasn't texted me an emoji today. Mary hasn't prayed. you know. <laughs> so like, um, and she'd probably did the same for me because there's some days where I wouldn't get my prayer until the end of the day. And to be honest, there's some days where both of us, we wouldn't pray. But then the next day we'd send each other two emojis because we'd catch up. Um, so, you know, we, we did our best to make sure to keep each other accountable. And it was just great to know. And it was a reminder to me, too, because sometimes if I don't pray first thing in the morning, the day gets going and I just get to the end of the day and go, oh, I never prayed. Oops. Now it's really late and I'm really tired. Um, but to get a reminder from her, even if she had prayed before me to remind me to pray. So it was just a fun, easy way to keep each other accountable. Um, I think <laughs> this is funny here because Kevin has in our, in our notes here. It says, what happens if you don't pray? I feel like it's this girl's like nothing. Girl's <laughs> like, like, I get to punch you the next time I see you. You no, pay me 20 bucks. That was just it. I feel like anytime you do accountability stuff with guys, there's always money involved. Like, well, we have to like, we owe each other 10 bucks or something. You know, I've never done that as girls. Like, it's always just like the guilt of it is enough or like the embarrassment of I said I was going to do it and I didn't. That's a problem. Is enough to motivate men me. don't have enough guilt. So <laughs> we need, we need other means to help us. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. All right. Well, let's look at our fourth step, which is very simple, which is start. Hopefully you haven't been overwhelmed by all this talk of prayer and what you need to do and the different methods and where am I going to pray and how am I going to pray. The best thing you can do is just start. I'll give a quick analogy. Um, with XS90, I've had to exercise and I don't exercise a whole lot. I might run, but not much. And if you see Kevin, that would surprise you because he's, he's he has a great metabolism. Yeah, but that's not good because like looks are deceiving, right? <laughs> right. Like, just because I look healthy doesn't mean, in fact, I am healthy. So exercise is not something that probably comes super... I Like I love sports, but like doing exercise is not necessarily fun. So, you know... Unless you're running with me. Yeah. But it's winter now and it's a lot harder to run right now. Yeah. So just starting and doing something with exercise. Like I, with XS90 has things you do to start and like, they're the lamest thing. I think I got done with them and sometimes three or four minutes and Lisa probably looked at me and was like, really? Like that was exercise. That was not exercise. You did four, three <laughs> stretches and like push ups and sit ups for two minutes each and like called it a day. But it was, but that got me going. And so like, I am by no means like doing P90X or whatever, but I am at a stage where I'm exercising much more. I'm exercising with much more frequency. And so as you're starting off this journey, just remember, start, start little, start small, do something, and then see if you can do that something consistently. And, and with exercising, it was small. And then I would forget for a few days and I'd say, I'm, nope, I'm going to exercise. And then I've just built myself up to where I'm, I'm exercising every other day now. So, um, and to a better extent than two minutes or four minutes of push-ups and sit-ups. So, just encouragement, start. And Lisa, that leads us to our how-to challenge. Yes, our how-to challenge is to start praying. Yeah, simple as that. You probably could have guessed that, right? So if you're already praying, we're going to challenge you to, to go deeper. And I think now is probably a time where you've challenged yourself to go deeper for Lent. So this is, I think, great timing. Um, 
and just take something from this podcast and, and put it into action. Something that we've discussed already about prayer. Maybe it's, okay, my prayer time now, I'm going to be a little more intentional about my method or intentional about having a resolution or whatever it is, but try to incorporate one more element into it. Maybe it's, I'm going to have an accountability partner. Add something into whatever it is if you're already praying. And if you're not praying, then just just start. Yeah. That's our challenge. Awesome. Well, that is our show today. Thank you so much for listening in. If you would like to connect with us, our email is hello at made to magnify.com. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin R. Cotter or Lisa Ann Cotter, and that's Ann with no E. And if you would like to join us, if you're doing the dating detox right now, on Instagram, dating at dating detox Lent is where we are hanging out, walking through and journeying with those of you who are doing your dating detox this Lent. Even if you're not doing the dating detox, you can even join the group and just, it's fun. Like I'm having so much fun with it. It is so great. So it's pretty awesome. As always, if you enjoyed this show, please give us a rating on iTunes, add it to your podcast subscriptions and tell a friend. Uh, this helps get the word out about how to Catholic until next next week. Be saints. It's worth it. Bye.